producer and host of Alternative Radio. You're listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. And we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Columbus. And we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Indian killers. We're going to stop the United States of America from naming, dehumanizing names, and employing and paying caricatures. Columbus has to die. After 500 years, kill him! Kill Columbus! That's Russell Means, and this is Alternative Radio. I'm David Barsamian. This edition of AR features Russell Means. For the world to live, Columbus must die. For too many of us for too long, the indigenous peoples of this continent have been curiosities that existed somewhere over the horizon between fantasy and reality. The stock images were of the medicine man, squaws, and peace pipes, teepees, tom-toms, and tomahawks, war bonnets, war paint, war whoops, and war parties. The only Indians we knew were named Tonto, Geronimo, and Crazy Horse. In recent years, a lot of the cliches have disappeared. The American Indian movement, AIM, has done much to break down the conventional stereotypes. AIM articulates a program of self-awareness and pride. It promotes treaty and land rights and religious freedom for American Indians. Russell Means is a renowned activist for Indian rights. In Oglala, Lakota, he was born on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. He's a founding member of the American Indian Movement, AIM, and its first national director. Today, he serves on the Elders Council of Colorado AIM. Colorado AIM has called for Columbus Day to be abolished. Russell Means' autobiography is entitled, Where White Men Fear to Tread. This classic from the AR archives was recorded at the University of Colorado at Denver on April 27, 1992. Russell Means begins by quoting from a nationally syndicated column written by Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes fame. Is there anything wrong with the team calling itself the Redskins? I never thought much about it until a group of American Indians complained about the name Atlanta Braves during the World Series and demonstrated against the Washington Redskins at the Super Bowl. Going into the stadium in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, I was asked by a reporter what I thought about the demonstration. I think it's silly, I said. American Indians have more important problems than to worry about sports teams calling themselves by Indian nicknames. Ever since, I've been getting angry letters from Indians and friends of the Indians, of whom there are a great many. It's interesting that for all the problems they've had with white Americans, American Indians were never subjected to the same kind of racial bias that blacks were. They were never forced to sit in the back of the bus. Ask my dad. In spite of the fact that they surrounded the wagon trains and shot flaming arrows into the station stagecoach, there's only one recorded instance 
of Indian people ever attacking a wagon train, one recorded interest, and was doing it in direct violation of the 1864 Laramie Treaty and the 1851 Medicine Creek Treaty. And it was given three warnings to turn back. That's the only recorded time. Indians were always considered to be brave, strong, stoic, resourceful, true to their word and unconquerable. Anyone with a touch of Indian blood in their ancestry is proud of it. There have been many efforts to assimilate the Indians into our society. But, for the most part, Indians don't want any part of it. To some extent, it's happening whether they want it or not. Ask the Navajo, who are self-sufficient, traditional Indian people, living in their ancient homeland, being forcibly relocated today and yesterday and tomorrow because they just happen to be self-sufficient on a bed of coal. People who are part white and part Indian are having more children than people who are 100% Indian. Except for the 42% of our women of childbearing age who were forcibly sterilized by the United States government. Ask those women who were forcibly sterilized between the years 1972 and 1976, and it took an act of Congress to stop the sterilization of our women. The real problem is we took the country away from the Indians. They want it back, and we're not going to give it to them. Believe me, we do not want New York City back, or Los Angeles, or Denver, or Rapid City, or Oklahoma City, or Atlanta, or Boston, or San Francisco, or Corpus Christi, or Albuquerque, or Seattle. We feel guilty and will do what we can for them within reason. 44.5 life expectancy. The highest infant mortality rate in the Western Hemisphere. Higher than Guatemala, than Brazil, Chile, Nicaragua, El Salvador. We feel guilty, but they can't have their country back. Next question. While American Indians have grand past, the impact of their culture on the world has been slight. In October of 1988, the United States Congress passed a unanimous resolution thanking the Six Nation Iroquois Confederacy for the major input it had into the forming of the United States of America and its Constitution and Bill of Rights. And by the way, Andy Rooney has just now found out in his 
decade of the 60s. He's 73 years old now. But it took him 60 years, man, to find out that it's not okay to hit your wife, beat up your wife or girlfriend. It's not okay to beat up on your children. We haven't contributed anything. How about the Western Hemisphere? By law, treaty law, guaranteed by Article 6 of the United States Constitution, in which we reserve for ourselves, those of us that were left standing, over 150 million acres in the continental lower 48 states of the United States. And we still own Alaska. There are no great Indian novels, no poetry. What about the book Popovo from the Mayan? The oldest book in the world. The oldest book in the world. And you better tell Colorado University that we haven't written anything so they can fire Vine DeLoria Jr., one of their professors. And you better tell UCD, they got, the, they got Glenn Morris here on staff, He's not contributing anything, you better, etc. etc. Oh, by the way, M. Scott Mamaday, a poet who got the Pulitzer Prize, something Andy Rooney has yet to earn. There's no memorable Indian music. Maybe that's because it was made illegal by the United States Congress and the Supreme Court for over a century until 1978 when the American Indian Religious Freedom Act was passed. But we can still only sing if the Bureau of Indian Affairs U.S. Park Service, the U.S. Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, if we meet their rules and regulations, then we can sing our songs. Their totem poles do not rank with the statuary of Greece, and there's no Indian art, except for some good craft work in wool, pottery, and silver. Their genius was living free in a wild state without damaging the ozone layer. There are <clears throat> pyramids in Central and South America that are so precise, built, by the way, by out of huge blocks, tons, 10-ton blocks of stone, high on mountaintops, and in the depths of jungles, how they got there, how they were cut. 
and how the only available technology in the modern world that can cut a, a, a more precise stone is with a laser. That is what we left. We have a calendar that is more precise than the calendar you use today. Because it's based on the mathematical equations of the stars. Our art. No memorable art. Andy Rooney evidently hasn't visited the museum associated with the Newberry Library or hasn't in New York City gone down to the Museum of American Indians. Evidently hasn't traveled anywhere. He certainly hasn't been to Santa Fe. And my brother-in-law, R.C. Gorman, who is a multimillionaire artist, would be real disappointed in Mr. Rooney. The best thing about Indians is their fierce independence, and this virtue has made life tough for them. The colonists tried to make slaves of Indians, but it didn't work. The two million American Indians alive today are reluctant to concede that it's no longer practical to maintain a lifestyle that is in, and I can't say this word, anachronism, anachronism, The time for the way Indians lived is gone, and it's doubly sad because they refuse to accept it. So is that why on our reservation's land, the Bureau of Indian Affairs in collusion with the trash mongers of America are trying to dump their nuclear waste and the rest of their trash on our reservations? Our way of life is not acceptable to those that continue to contaminate their bed. And one night will suffocate in their own waste. So Chief Seattle said in 1854, hey, our way of life is past. Because we had no garbage. None. We had nothing to throw away. And we lived in the epitome of democracy. As proven by the myriad amount of studies done by European philosophers and their descendants, the Archies, the Anthros, and the Hissies. They hang on to remnants of their religion and superstitions that may have been useful to savages 500 years ago, but which are meaningless in 1992. Yes, white hair begay is meaningless in your society today. When I went to this Navajo medicine man who cannot speak, read, or write, or understand English, four years ago and I asked him to an interpreter, and through my peace pipe 
to have a blessing way ceremony for my son. As part of that, and on our way to, to the ceremony, he had me stop and help him look for the root of a yucca plant. There are many yucca plants out there in the desert. Some of them big, full-fledged, mature, strong-looking. But he wasn't, those would not suffice. And I wondered what he was looking for. Finally, he found a young, a young, strong-looking yucca plant. And we carefully dug around the root until the root was exposed for about six inches. Then he took out his self-made bone knife and he cut about an inch and a half from the root. That root's used, by the way, in a ceremony well to wash the hair of my son. He then held the, what was left of the root from the yucca plant proper and the root still remaining in the earth, he put it together and he had me carefully fill around it. And then before we left, he used other plants to fix the earth. And when we walked away, it looked like no one had been there. A few days later, I went back to check on the well-being of that young, strong Jacob relative of mine. I couldn't find it. I couldn't tell which one it was, man. Because it would just continued growing. Yes, I guess our way of life is that word, anachronism. I guess that kind of respect has no place in this world. No one would force another religion on them well, he hasn't checked with the Catholics. <laughs> and he hasn't checked with the Episcopalians. And he hasn't checked with the Methodists and the Baptists and the Presbyterians, the Mormons, the Moonies, et al. Father Sarah, who the Pope Deified, I know there's another word for it. Made him into a saint, canonized, I think. Whatever. Deified Father Sarah, who was a slave owner of Indian slaves, and he used slave labor to build the missions of California. And he caused massive deaths, forced relocation to his missions. Penalty on escape from his missions. Any Indian escape from his missions was instant death through decapitation by the conquistadores that were his army. Oh, yes. Andy Rooney never met my dad. He was baptized on our reservation, 16 different denominations. I asked him why once. He told me, listen, son, one of them may be right. <laughs> what if an Indian belief involving ritualistic dances with strong sexual overtones is demeaning to Indian women and degrading to Indian children? Coming from a matrilineal society, 
And where the mail moves to the village or the area where the female is from. Because we know and understand that females live longer than males. That's a fact. So when we leave this earth, this life, we want our wife and children to be among their friends and relatives. Also, we follow the matrilineal line. Indian men, traditional Indian men, we know how to cry. We know how to feel. Because we honor and respect the woman and her teachings. We don't stuff anything down because we're some strong ape that's king of the jungle and we're going to lord it over our other male counterparts because we're stronger and tougher. They're therefore die even earlier from all the diseases we're holding inside because we can't feel. Yeah, we're an anachronism, all right. Degrading to Indian children. My son, Tatanka, Wambrisapa, Khilasabe. My other sons, my other daughters. My three grandsons and my 13 granddaughters. We have something that degrades them when we know inherently that you can never hit a child. We have nothing to offer. That the only thing an Indian child knows from its father and mother is love. Yeah. We're an acronym. Should they on Indian land within the United States be encouraged with government money, your taxpaying money, to continue that? Ritualistic? We can't. I just explained it. The Bureau of Indian Affairs, the BIA, better known as the Bureau of Idiots Anonymous, <laughs> we can, on the reservation, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights does not apply to Indian people on an Indian reservation. And if you don't believe it, go research in any law library or come live with me go live with the Navajos who are self-sufficient less than 400,000 Indian people live on the 310 Indian federally recognized Indian land areas of this country less than 400,000 there are more Chicanos in East L.A. than there are Indians on the reservation. And from that existing land base, we pour in every year $6 billion to the GNP. And your taxpayer money, they, take, they rob you of your money, and they allocate $1 billion back to us every year. Yeah, we don't contribute anything. Should Indians be preserved on reservations like the Redwoods and the American Eagle, or should they join the mainstream? 
because of the deprivation, the forced colonization, and those concentra concentration camps they call reservations, the enforced poverty. We are at the bottom rung on every scale of major measurement of all the ills of poverty in America. And yet we contribute $6 billion. Anyone, you ask any Indian that was born in that concentration camp and ask where they want to live, they'll say, I want to go home because we're part of our grandmother. I want to live at home. But we're refugees in our own society. Over 1.5 million Indians are refugees in this country. Over three-fourths, 80% of our people, almost 80% of our people are refugees in the United States of America. Unemployment as high as 50% and alcoholism as high as 50%. They haven't visited Lakota territory. 50% is, that's the result of a rich Indian reservation like Navajo. You're listening to Russell Means. For the world to live, Columbus must die. This is AR. You can order copies of this program by calling our toll-free number, one 800 triple four one nine seven seven that's one eight hundred four 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 nineteen seventy seven or you can order online on our website alternative radio dot org that's alternative radio dot org unemployment as high as fifty percent and alcoholism among Indians are more serious problems than whether a team uses an Indian name or symbol you talk that to those old people, those old people in Rapid City, South Dakota, who can't defend themselves, when those young guys, those young cowboys come into town on Saturday's night, or maybe it's Monday, maybe it's Tuesday, maybe it's Thursday, maybe it's Friday, I don't know what day of the week, and they jump out of their pickups and they beat up on these defenseless Indians, whether they're men or women, or in front of their children, right in the parking lots in broad daylight of shopping centers. And they're called redskins and niggers. You tell me it's not demeaning and dehumanizing. And we've got more important. Don't tell me. Go to Rapid City. Or go to the Denver airport where I was last week, sitting there, paying my bills out of my briefcase. A young high school, white high school man, very well looking. He had a suit and tie on. And in front of his friends, he came up and he said, do you have a peace pipe? And I was engrossed in what I was doing, so I, I reached out and I said, excuse me? He said, do you have a peace pipe? I said, I got yours hanging. You want to suck on it? <laughs> I'm 52 years old. This is 1992, the eve of the 21st century. 
and a well-to-do young white male of high school age can come up to just any Indian and in front of his friends attempt to dehumanize and demean with impunity, man. With impunity. Illiteracy is widespread among Indians. Yes, on the reservation. Because we don't accept the industrial way of life. And we don't accept an educational institution that was founded in the ninth century that isolates its children from the community by age group. We do not accept an educational system that robs us of our family. We're forced into the Bureau of Indian Affairs schools or the Catholic or Episcopalian or Lutheran or other Christian boarding schools or were kidnapped by the Mormons under the sanctity of U.S. law. Oh yes, we're kidnapped. Oh yes. We reject an educational system that tells us that we cannot honor our father and mother because they were pagan savages. We cannot honor an educational system that says thou shalt not steal. And we watch our, the land of our ancestors being sucked away from us and strip mined and we're being forcibly removed from it. We cannot accept an educational system that does not practice what it preaches. Yes, there's higher literacy. But those are the Indian people you see at our ceremonies. Those are the Indian people that made it possible for the Indian Religious Freedom Act to be passed and the Indian Child Welfare Act to be passed that ostensibly is to keep our children at home among our people and yet they're still stealing them and adopting them out. Indians and whites blame whites for what's wrong. And historically, that may be true, but it is the Indians who are doing the drinking. And you're goddamn right it was the whites, and it is the whites today, that are stealing our children. And my dad died at 51 years of age, and they, they murdered and tortured my mother in the Indian Health Hospital. You're damn right. It's you that are forcing our land to be raped. And where are those big coal-fired plants being put on our land. Not on your land, on our land. Where is the largest nuclear waste that spill that ever happened in America? Where is it? On the Navajo Reservation. And estimated by experts at 10 times worse than Three Mile Island. Nothing done. It's not cleaned up yet. Yes, it's the whites who come up to me. And say, do you have a peace pipe? It's the whites who control Congress and the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, it's those whites that said, we do not have freedom of religion. All 11 cases that have reached the Supreme Court since our Religious Freedom Act has been passed has failed. We still don't have the right of prayer in this country. 
and 40% of the resource wealth of this nation is on or under our land, our existing land base. 40%, man. By every and any rule of capitalism, we should be the richest ethnic group in the world. In the world, man. Richer than the Saudis, richer than the Japanese. But they keep us in those concentration camps. And they train and they educate our people just like they've done it to you. So they come out as facsimile Eurocentric males. And you know what facsimiles are? A poor copy. The phenomenon of Indian alcohol addiction has existed since the 1600s. Lie. It was against the law until 1954 we could not drink alcohol. It was a federal felony for anyone to sell or procure liquor for Indian people. And you went to the federal penitentiary and under the Eisenhower administration where the relocation program was born They changed that law. I used to drink. And I know alcohol is an enemy of my people. So I refuse to consort with the enemy of my people. It's that simple. And we all know any drug is a vehicle to escape the reality of life. If the Indians are truly offended by these names and symbols we use for fun, we'll drop them. But someone should tell the Indians living on reservations that the United States isn't a bad country to be part of. I don't know. I live on an Indian reservation and I refuse to become a refugee in my own country. So I don't know if the United States of America is a good country or not, except by my experience on an Indian reservation. I have a treaty with the United States of America that is sacred, according to all international law and the Constitution of the United States of America. And we have tried 124 years to get the United States of America to live up to its own laws and we've failed miserably while I'm tired of trying and I'm going to reiterate what Seattle said continue to contaminate your bed and one night you will suffocate in your own waste Every one of you, and everyone you know, and everyone you read about and see on the television knows about trash, about pollution, about the ozone, about disease and death. And yet, you do nothing about it. Do nothing about it. 
except allow the Jerry Browns and the Bushes to continue in their Eurocentric male genocide. I know if I want my people to be free, that you have to be free. And how can you be free if you're part of a system that oppresses yourself? Yourself! Bend over! Welcome! What happened to this country? The entire world, the entire world is talking about freedom and independence, except the American people and the American Indian people. It's embarrassing to go into the international community and put American before, after, or in the middle of your name. You know what freedom is? Freedom is responsibility. So if you don't value freedom, what does that say? That you're irresponsible. A country of irresponsible people, man. Well, I've been free. I've tasted it. I wounded knee for 71 days in Nicaragua with the mosquitoes. At Yellow Thunder Village in my holy land. I know what freedom's about, man. And it feels good. This country is going to have to become responsible. You are going to have to start taking responsibility for your own lives. And once you start doing that, you'll start talking about freedom. Everybody else in the world is doing it. From one of the most oppressive regimes in the world, they've done it. And you think, you think you live in a free country when statistically, this is the most violent country on earth. More violent than the two other countries that come close, Scotland and Australia. And it's more than twice more violent than either one of those countries. That is a statistical fact. So I don't go for the facades, man. I don't go for the Orwellian reality. I've only two concerns in my life, racism and freedom. I want to see freedom for my people in my lifetime, somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, whether it's in the Northwest Territories of Canada, are somewhere high in the Andes my people are going to be free and we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Columbus and we're going to stop Denver from celebrating Indian killers you know? we're going to stop the United States of America from naming dehumanizing names and employing and paying caricatures Columbus has to die. 
after 500 years, kill him! Kill Columbus! His legacy still lives. Columbus has to die. You know, it's because of Columbus that we are primitives. Well, let me tell you, I am a born-again primitive, and I am proud. And I am a born-again primitive. His legacy, that we are not human beings. You know, it wasn't until 1898, less than a century ago, the Pope declared us to be human beings. 1898. And he's coming to Denver. I'm going to be here. <laughs> and if the Pope, and if you all don't kill Columbus, I'm going to make sure the Pope kills Columbus when he ever gets here. And if he doesn't, he's going to remember his visit. And the world will remember his visit. Like how the Maoris greeted Queen Elizabeth two years ago. The world found out. I think you guys were kept in the dark, but the rest of the world found out how the Maoris felt about the Queen of England. And Columbus, imagine the only color of the human race, the red Indians of the Western Hemisphere were the only color of the human race not allowed to participate in the international community. That's why Columbus has to die. No one talks about majority rule in the five countries where we are majority. Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Panama, Colombia, Canada. Ostensibly in Canada because 90% of the non-Indians live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. And guess who lives in the north? And we control it. Canada found that out last year. The Oka crisis that you were kept from. When the Canadian Armed Forces employed more soldiers to surround 50 men, women, and children, Indians, than they sent to Saudi Arabia in the Gulf War. That's how serious the indigenous threat to industrial America is. And the Orwellian reality that you are now a part of. It's unacceptable that the legacy of Columbus keeps my people from sitting at the table of the international family of nations. When all the rest of the sacred colors of the human race are there. Black. Brown. Yellow. White. We're missing. In 1900, they estimated there were approximately a quarter of a million Indians left in the continental United States and Alaska. 99.9% of that quarter million were traditional Indian people. Now, according to the U.S. Census, who defines us by blood quantum, only two other countries in the world do that. 
One is past Nazi Germany and South Africa. They say there are approximately two million Indians left in America, and there are less than 400,000 on the Indian reservation. Of those 400,000, there's less than 30,000 that are traditional Indian people. So the genocide is almost complete. In 92 years, we've went from a quarter of a million to less than 30,000. It's unacceptable. That is the Columbus legacy. To celebrate the first transatlantic slave trader is beyond me. Where are the black people, my allies? I was on the Poor People's March, man. I've been there in Washington, D.C. with you all. Where are my black brothers and sisters on this question? Columbus was the first transatlantic slave trader. But it was us, man, it was us. And this country and this city has the gall to celebrate it. And everyone knows he was a half a world, of course. I mean, that's, that's buffoonery, man. You can't be more off course than a half of a world. How can you celebrate a clown like that, man? How can anybody be proud that he's a hero of questionable ancestry? Because the Portuguese, who employed him first as a slave trader up and down the West African coast, that alone, I should be marching with thousands of black brothers and sisters on Columbus Day. Where's our allies, man? Where's the Catholics? Huh? Where's the Mormons? Huh? Where's corporate America, whose land they're getting rich off of? Can't they say thank you? And say no more Columbus Day? No more Redskins? No more Braves? No more Indians riding a spotted pony around a football stadium dressed in my ancestral? Heritage, Stanford, and Dartmouth, to name a few, along with University of Oklahoma, got rid of their, their names and their mascots. After I sued the Cleveland Indians baseball team for their racist, dehumanizing, derogatory symbol, Chief Wahoo, in 1971. You don't think that's an issue, Andy Rooney? And it really doesn't seem to have the issue. The only time I have ever received hate mail was when I sued the Cleveland Indians baseball team for racism. I didn't even get hate mail from the leftists when I fought against the Sandinistas, man. But I got hate mail from the sports lovers of America, the ones that fill the stadiums, man. Now, I know the four sacred colors that are primary. All colors are sacred. But in the Lakota way of life, we have four primary colors. Black, red, yellow, and white. They represent the four quarters of the universe, the four winds, the four points, the four seasons, the four ages of the world, the four ages of the human being. 
Those, co- those colors represent medicine, health, well-being, spirituality. You mix those four colors together, black, red, yellow, and white, and you get the color brown, the color of our grandmother, the earth. I have respect. I have respect because I know that I wasn't born in sin. I'm not a born liar. You understand? My children are not born liars, and neither are you. You're not born in sin. I don't care what anybody tells you or what you believe. You're a good human being with feelings. And every damn one of us have feelings, man. And that's what makes us human beings and part of the family. You know? The hawks and the eagles don't integrate, but they have respect. The hawk flies lower and stirs up the world beneath it so the eagle can see a little bit better. The black widow spider has respect for daddy long legs and he get along. The rattlesnake for the garter snake. The birch tree for the evergreen and you go on and on throughout life and you find out that female male balance but you understand that we are no different than they are and you understand that we're all born with feelings man the same feelings the same pain the same joy so again in the words of Chief Seattle Tribe follows tribe and nation follows nation. It's like the waves of the sea. It's the order of nature. And regret is useless. Your time of decay may be distant. But it will surely come. For even the white man's God who walked and talked with him as friend with friend could not escape our common destiny. We may be relatives after all. We shall see. Thank you. That was Russell Meads. For the world to live, Columbus must die. This classic from the AR Archives was recorded at the University of Colorado at Denver on April 27, 1992. Russell Means, an Oglala Lakota, is a renowned activist for Indian rights. He's a founding member of the American Indian Movement and its first national director. This program is produced by Alternative Radio, an unembedded award-winning weekly series based in Boulder, Colorado, celebrating 25 years on the air. Since we began broadcasting in 1986, we've always offered AR free to all public and community radio stations in the United States and the rest of the world. AR is independent. Our sole source of financial support comes directly from listeners just like you. That's why we can do programs such as the one you just heard or airing a month of Howard Zinn classics or digitizing our vast Noam Chomsky archive. 
Each week, AR features such voices as Harry Edwards, Winona LaDuke, Jody Evans, Helen Caldicott, Arundhati Roy, Tariq Ali, and Chris Hedges. To access our complete audio archive, just go to our website, alternativeradio.org. Again, our website where we are podcasting, alternativeradio.org. To place a credit card order for a CD, MP3, or written transcript of Russell Means for the World to Live, Columbus Must Die, call us toll-free at 1-800-444-1977. That's 1-800-444-1977. Or you can order on our secure website, alternativeradio.org. That's alternativeradio.org. Series theme music is performed by the Kronos Quartet from Pieces of Africa. Ali Lightfoot edited the program. I'm David Barsamian. Thank you for listening. We go out with John Trudell, American Indian activist, poet, and musician, singing Rockin' the Res. Listen to the skies. Listen to the sound Something on the land Something going down Down dressers speeding by life Fever's heart Burning rivers to cross Walls of Babylon Material noise Thinking they've touched the moon Freedom takes a rocket blast Just another day Like yesterday Rocking my heart, rocking the reds. Woman like you, times like this. All that's real connects to you. Happy medicine, making me smile. Seeing you laugh, getting so near. Rocking our hearts, rocking the reds. Carrying on like he ain't been gone. War makers back, back in town. His notion taking care of us. Not same as, not even close, not even close to our notion of taking care of us. Nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. Got no job and prices going up. War makers back in town. Just another day like yesterday. Rocking my heart, rocking the reds. No chance we're gonna ever give up. Together we'll dance a personal dance Sweet starts surrendering only to each other These days holding the night, holding on tight Rocking our hearts, rocking the reds
and the rest Woman I want, woman I need Times and times do get hard You sure are some comfort Rising up love, living on and carries on Rocking our hearts, rocking the reds Rockers' hearts, rocking the reds CJSW. This is Crispin Glover. You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM. Thank you. Thank you. One more. Thank you. Thank you. 